Welcome everyone to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Carol Lally Shields. She is a former basketball player at Notre Dame, a world-renowned oncologist at the Willis Eye Hospital in Philadelphia, and the recipient of the NCAA's highest honor here in 2023, the Theodore Roosevelt Award at the NCAA convention in San Antonio. Congratulations. Let's start there, uh, Carol, your reaction when you were told you were receiving this honor? I was astounded. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but I do know that I have lived the life of an athlete. My career is very demanding and it was sort of an extension of my days in basketball at the University of Notre Dame. So I knew I could do it. And uh, when I received the call that I was receiving this award, I said, yeah, I've achieved it. Well, I mean, that's first of all, it's unbelievable when you can feel that you've done that and affected so many people. Uh, let me go back first. Um, what do you remember most about your career playing basketball at Notre Dame? So I was not destined to play basketball at Notre Dame. I went to Notre Dame for academics. I wanted to become a doctor or a pharmacist or something in science. and. I had no intention of playing sports, but my whole life before that was playing sports, playing basketball, playing tennis, playing football. I was actually the chosen quarterback in my hometown for football. I could throw a football right on target. But when I went to Notre Dame, I wanted to do academics. I was a little bit tickled by the announcement that they were having a women's basketball team but I didn't want to do it. I said, nah, too much time commitment. I have bigger things. But as I looked at that announcement, I said, nah, maybe this is for me. I think I should try out for the team. And it was history. I tried out for the team, made the team. We did pretty well. I captained the team for three years and we got better and better. And it was just the foundation for the women's basketball program at Notre Dame. We were building the foundation uh, yeah, so it was probably one of the best decisions I have made. The women's, excuse me, the women's game has grown exponentially mm -hmm. in the last decade or so. Uh, from your vantage point, since you were there at sort of the ground level, how have you seen it change? Well, the whole game of basketball has changed. Back when I played, uh, the goal was to get in the paint, do a quick jump shot, do a layup, you know, fake dribble, go left, go right. But now it's get the rebound, throw it out, shoot a three-pointer. So the game has totally changed. Uh, the spirit's the same. The spirit of loving the sport, playing as a team is the same. And I've enjoyed watching how the popularity of women's basketball and women's sports in general has just blossomed. I, uh, you know, we live currently in the Philadelphia suburbs and every year when Notre Dame would bring the women's basketball team to play Villanova, we would get two or three carloads of kids and take them all to that game. And I'm sure we turned on a couple of young girls and guys to basketball, just watching the Notre Dame team come into the Philadelphia suburbs. It, it's amazing. And Notre Dame brings more than sports. You know, it brings academics with it, and it brings that spirit of Notre Dame, that, you know, that undying spirit that we are Notre Dame. So I've 
been very proud being a, a part of Notre Dame. What significance is it for you that you're getting this honor as a former Notre Dame basketball player during the 50th year anniversary of Title IX? Yeah, that's amazing. And I mentioned that in my talk that I give. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. When I was at Notre Dame, I knew Title IX allowed for more women's sports, but I didn't under understand the total impact of what Title IX would have carried over the ensuing generations. It's been amazing for women. It's allowed women the independence of playing sports, being supported in sports, achieving their potential, becoming national figures in sports, uh, and uh, creating this uh, drive for athleticism in the U.S., but it's more than that. If you look at every major corporation, many of the women and men who are leading these corporations in business, in medicine, in law, played athletics when they were younger. It teaches you teamwork, leadership, understanding, discussing, learning from each other having mistakes but making up, having victories and being gracious about it. There's just so much to athleticism that goes beyond the tennis court, beyond the basketball court, and into you know, your real life. Well, so let's take that a step further. In your world, in oncology, and especially dealing with ocular oncology, um, how critical is it to be on the same team, to work together, to build that team chemistry on a case? Yeah. So that's a very important point. I, I have to say, I am nobody without all of my assistants. So I have an assistant technician, I have a radiation oncologist, a pediatric oncologist, a neurosurgeon. It goes on and on the number of people that we work with on our team to take care of one kid with eye cancer. It's a big team because sometimes you wanna treat that cancer with chemotherapy because it's more sensitive to chemotherapy. Sometimes you have to treat it with radiation therapy. Sometimes I just laser it. So in our game of ocular oncology, we have to know what works for what type of tumor and who do you need to consult. So it's a big team we have in Philadelphia. And I think, I think we're recognized as one of the leading teams in the US, if not the world. And so from the sports aspect, yeah. and I think a lot of people don't fully grasp what you're saying that how that ability to deal with others, maybe from different backgrounds, different education levels, but all for the same goal, and yeah. to have leadership cooperation, to be calm in terms of times of stress. Mm -hmm. All these things that happen in sports can be translated into your world in the, the medical world. Yeah. How have you seen it sort of emerge and evolve in yeah. your career? Yeah, I think there's a lot of parallel between sports and medicine. And this has been written, this has been published in the literature. Sports and medicine, athletes wanna be their best. They strive to be their best. They practice and practice until they reach their goal. And it's the same in medicine. You practice and practice, you read and understand, you do research until you, you understand a malignancy, a cancer, a condition. So there's so many parallels between the two. And there's a, a, a lot of interacting with other people, getting opinions, um, working as a team player, uh, you know, 
if some machine is broken, I need to have someone right next to me who knows how to fix the machine because I have a baby under anesthesia who needs that machine to treat a cancer. So there's just a lot. It's like a, a finely tuned working clock. All the gears have to be in place. You know, the one other aspect I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the stress level that, and obviously I'm not trying to compare being at the free throw line with the game on the line versus someone's life and their vision, but how you handle stress in stressful moments can start as an athlete and then translate into the real world. How have you seen that? Yeah, so there is a lot of stress in medicine and a lot of your control comes with yourself. You have to be confident of yourself. You have to practice your game to the point that you are the best you can be and know that the treatment you're delivering to that adult, that child, that baby is the best, the best game you have. And, you know, there are times that it's hard to deal with the stress, uh, but I think there are so many parallels with shooting that foul shot and having your backspin just perfect so it bounces right in. And the same when I do a laser. I put the laser on my head I need silence in the room. Nobody moves. I always have someone on my left, someone at the lights, because when we do lasers, you have to dim the lights. And I am so poised before I put my foot on that pedal that burns the tumor in the retina. Sometimes I, I'm right next to the center of vision in a baby's eye. I can't move. I can hardly breathe sometimes, but I know I'm an athlete. So who better to do this? Because I have full confidence in myself that I can do this and I will do it as good or better than anyone else. That's the, the mentality of an athlete. One last thing, I'm just curious. How often have your colleagues or patients ever known your past as a basketball player? You know, in the old days before the internet, not many. Nowadays, I think everyone looks for their doctor online. They quote Google their doctor and they find their Wikipedia page and then they learn. And I can tell you the number of Notre Dame coffee cups, pins, jerseys, you name it, that I've gotten from patients uh, just as thankful gifts. So patients nowadays, they know the background of their doctors and many of them are very proud knowing that their doctor was, you know, an athlete at whatever school. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful career that I have. Every day when I go to work, I'm just thankful that I've been able to maintain the grit that it takes to be an athlete and also the grit that it takes to be, you know, a top quality doctor. Wow. Well, congratulations on the NCAA's highest honor, the Theodore Roosevelt Award. So deserving. Yeah, Keep you. doing wonderful work and really helping uh, so many people yeah. uh, with your incredible knowledge and work yeah. as, as a doctor. So I'd like to thank you and the NCAA for recognizing this and recognizing how athleticism carries on into real life. You know, we, what we learn can help us in the remainder of our life. It's, uh, it's a great lesson to learn. You are a shining example for all of us.
So that'll wrap up this edition of our NCAA Social Series. Listen, go to ncaa.org slash social series where all our social series are archived. Great conversations just like this one. Thanks for watching, everyone.